It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number nine. Carnival of Monsters. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, Debbie? The TARDIS, when working properly, is capable of many amazing things. The first polarity of the neutron flow is that the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a genetic, it's like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Are ready? Welcome to the old Doctor Who show. My name is Eric, and I'm your co-host. And I'm Dan, your other co-host. And this is, as I said, the old Doctor Who show where we watch old episodes of Doctor Who and review them so you don't have to. How are you, Dan? I'm doing great. Good. What I think that... What's I was going to say since the last time I, since the last time we talked. We um well I lost my dog which was very sad. That's uh, Did, one of the reasons why. Is it, is it good to open a podcast on a terribly sour and depressing note? Because yeah, absolutely, kinda, absolutely. Let's let's just power okay. through it. Let's just yeah, that, really get into your kind of how I wanted to just sort of go raw to the bone, uh, <laughs> raw nerve. But yeah, that's so. So you may be hearing this late because we usually record on Sunday before our show on Wednesday. We're uh, to be fair, to be fair, now. Yes, you lost a family member, your dog, but we're also late because I've been playing The Witcher. So that's why I haven't had a chance to actually I thought you were watch playing the, the episodes. The new that Batman. just came out that just came out yesterday, so I'm I've switched over. I'm I'm uh going between open world games and not actually exploring my own open world. I'd right. rather just do it all digitally. By the way, these are some amazing I mean, are you are you playing current generation games? Like current uh, gen- no. console? No. Yeah. I so a, yeah, our I listener, our dear listeners here, uh, you may not know this. You probably do because he has an extensive Wikipedia page. But Eric used to uh, own and operate a video game store, and was, uh, was I the did go-to Red Devil guy, Games. Go to guy for all the uh, all your video game needs in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, since then, he's had a family and kids. So you're right. Uh, me, and Dan, he made, it's, some, it, he made bad choices. Is what I'm yes, saying. Yes, and I made several commercials for that store. One of which you were in, Dan. Oh, at actually, least one. Yeah, so if you if you hear this and then you go on YouTube, you can still find it. We should probably put that in the show. No, we won't put that in the show. Red Devil Games Promise Number Thirty Six, in which you're where I made a commercial that said that if you went to a corporate (laughs) video game store, you would get crabs, and for so or no hepatitis. It was a crabs. it was like one of the one of the uh, testimonials was a guy who got crabs from the mall. But you played a doctor who I played a doctor people. who, uh, yeah, uh, and that the whole was thing actually. Yeah, I remember Com- Comcast had had made that uh, ban that before 10 p.m. That was the uh, <laughs> yeah. We got we got the yeah. red band rated uh, <laughs> commercial. I don't know why, but uh, uh, classic. So, so you're not you're oh, not but, playing uh, any the current. Yeah, I want to. I'm not. I'm not playing anything. The only game I played was I. I have a 3ds and I played Majora's Mask uh, mm. 3D. And yeah. I, I completely, well, I didn't completely, I'm missing, like, two heart containers, I think. But pretty much I got everything, I did all the side quests. Are you a completionist so like, in general with, with games? Uh, Kind of. I mean, it depends on the game. I mean, yeah. sometimes I'll just, like, play through and just do the main, like, Skyrim, for instance. Yeah, put, like, I, mean, I mean, you could literally play that I have, like, forever. 200 hours, and I'm still playing it. Right. But I have not finished all of it. Fallout 3. Like, I would just play Bethesda games if I could. That would be 
Yeah. If you made a system that just played that, it would be enough for me. But like Fallout right. Three and yeah. um. Oh, so you're are you gonna after? jump on the you're gonna jump on the Fallout? Oh yeah. 4? Like I'm actually gonna oh, buy. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm actually gonna buy a PlayStation Four, I guess, because it's not yeah. on. Yeah. I That's have. That's what I have now. I got now. I got the four. I went, I went from the 360. I went to the PS4, uh, and I'm loving seemed, it. That seems like the way to go over the Xbox. Welcome to our video. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. We have we have other interests besides Doctor Who. I mean, I'm actually barely interested in Doctor Who. I'm actually more. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, in terms of like raw performance, the PS4 is the way to go. I think the Xbox has a lot more niceties to it, like just the media center stuff. This is really really well done. Um, our our guest host last episode, Ryan, uh, owns both, and. Uh, but for, for good reason. One has really good horsepower and, and plays the games that you want. The other one has a lot of. Cool have you ever played the fringe. Lego games? Like the Lego Marvel game is amazing, mm-hmm. and I I I think that it's a huge missed opportunity. There should be a Lego Doctor Who game to tie it all. Oh my gosh! Back in. I would like that... love that. The amount of characters you have, this right. the situation. There's never been a good, as far as I know, readers, uh, readers, listeners, write in. Let us know if, if I'm wrong. I've not seen a good Doctor Who licensed game. Period. Yeah, like there's, I mean, I, there's like a match game right now on iOS that is. I mean, it's a match game. It has nothing to do with Doctor Who. You right. got some there, fan service because it's got characters in it, but it's kind of right. lame otherwise. There was a top-down uh, Matt Smith game, I believe. Yeah, with you sort of moved him around a maze. Right? Matt, Matt and like Amy that. were in it. Yeah, and that wasn't good. That was no. actually horrible. But it's, it's like such an, a great, it's an underutilized license. You would 50 think something, that, fifty-two years of of fifty-one years of history, and they have so right. much they could do with it. And well, yet. that's why like the the Lego Marvel game is brilliant. Would be, you can you can unlock and like something like that. I think would be perfect for right. For it's tongue in cheek enough that they can take. Yeah, the humor would be great. So um, what we're going to do is start a letter writing campaign. Uh, dear Lego, yeah, and uh, let's start doing this. Yeah. So before we jump into the episode two, I just want to mention last time, if you listen to the show, just to give a little behind the scenes, we had recorded the show. Um, I was having horrible <laughs> microphone and audio problems. I don't know. If Which is, I'm sure, a shock to people listening because they're, yeah. they're used to a certain level of high audio fidelity. Yes. I don't know if it was apparent, but I could hardly hear you and Ryan most of the time. So I apologies. Uh, I was going to say ahead of time, but actually in the, the past. If I was asking, like, the same question. We also yeah. got to the end of the episode, and my computer was <laughs> crashing. Like, I was having all these problems. My mic was completely fried, and then you none of my audio using, recorded. You shouldn't be using an Amiga to record this, though. Yes. I've told but you I that get, from the outset. I get to the end, and <laughs> I go on GarageBand, and there's no... It's just recording blank. <laughs> there's nothing. But luckily, our guest, uh, Ryan, had done a backup, so that's why... Um, you got to hear it, and my voice is actually from the from whatever he recorded, which is through my uh, my uh, MacBook's microphone. So this, now yeah. I'm back on my actual mic, and so hopefully I sound a little bit better. Yep. Uh, if not, please let me know in the uh, comments. Um, all right, which so let's we're get about get to in. disable now. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. We spent too sure. much time on uh, um, other things. Are you ready to hit the uh, let's do it the button and go into the future? Do it. All right, do it. In what way does this machine uh, amuse? Your Worship, allow me to demonstrate. If you will watch the glow sphere. What is this? These creatures are Tellurians, a species discovered in a distant galaxy. 
Scientists have been amazed at the remarkable similarity between these little chaps and our own dominant life form. The resemblance is unpleasant. These are the only Tellurians in captivity. Some scientists think that their discovery refutes Valdeck's theory that life in the universe is infinitely variable. An even more interesting, though less amusing, form of life is the Ogron. They are of limited intelligence and are used as servants by some race called um, Daleks, I believe. We will shortly be seeing the prize of my collection, the Drashics. Drashics? They are, without doubt, the most evil, the most vicious, and undoubtedly the most frightening form of life in the whole of the universe. Oh, look, there's one. Amazing. All right, so we are looking at Carnival of Monsters. Uh, this is uh, season 10 of Doctor Who, a uh, episode, obviously. This premiered in uh, January uh, of 1973. Uh, if you are listening to the show in order, this is the very next episode, which is very rare since we're jumping around a little bit. So uh, yeah, this the three, follows the three doctors, doctors right? immediately before this. So this okay. is actually the first episode uh, with Pertwee where he is... Uh, no longer exiled to Earth, so you can actually go off to other planets and other places and yes. do some cool stuff. So this was written by uh, Robert Holmes, uh, directed and produced by Barry Letts, which I, I did a little reading on the internet. Apparently, Barry Letts, you know, producer for this series, um, had the prerogative to uh, direct a single episode per season, and this is the one that he wanted to direct. Uh, the original title for this episode uh, was Peep Show, um, which seems a little risque. But they uh, decided to go with Carnival of Monsters for some reason. The previous episode that he had uh, directed was Terror of the Autons, which was another one that we yes. had reviewed. So, pretty cool. So, uh, tell us a little bit about this. Uh, give us an, a synopsis. Right, I'll do a really Eric. quick synopsis because this sure. um, this one's easy enough to do. So, basically, yeah. the Doctor and Joe get trapped inside a miniature traveling circus. And they have to get out. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And that's all you need to know. That's all you need. It is actually so, really all yes. you need to know. And yeah, another Robert Holmes one. What did you think of this particular story, Dan? And then the I will story tell you what was I think. okay. I think the story was good. The acting was pretty great, um, and the effects, the particularly the the practical effects, the staging, the the sets was was fantastic so overall super enjoyable episode we've done several of these episodes um where the 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 story is over multiple parts they're always over multiple parts this is a Mm four-part episode a four-part story four episode story and it didn't feel like it it just flew there was a lot of a lot lot happening um i really really enjoyed this uh, yeah it was definitely one of one of my favorites that we've done so far yeah. Um, the characters were all really great. Like, I love yeah. the woman in the teeny, the, the teeny bopper things on her head and the dude that were running the carnival with the mustache <laughs> that, that looked like they got all their clothes from Spencer Gifts. You know, you know, <laughs> yeah. So we're about. talking about uh, Vorg, who was like the carnival, carnival yes. barker, and Sheerna was his lovely assistant. Good on you, Dan, for writing hey, these I'm things trying to help. They were uh, they were amazing. The like the amazing. bureaucracy of the alien race that was deciding whether or not they could let them in, and just all of the goofy the three of them were great. Constantly the three of them were great. We, we had, so we had we had uh, uh, Pletrak, who was kind of the head guy. We had Kallik mm-hmm. and Orem, who were his two kind of underlings, and the three of them were. <laughs> it was basically a political drama surrounding customs. Yes. Like, that, that was the whole thing. It was just, it was customs. But they uh, also have enslaved move. these, uh, oh, they're called functionaries, right? 
yeah, these people the that are just that working. Is, and then this one of them was, commit suicide in the beginning. Of the so, <laughs> yes. So we have the setup where there's there's a whole political class that runs this mm-hmm. planet, and we're seeing them through this these three guys. And they have, like Eric said, they have a whole race of these underlings, functionaries. And yet... This is not a social commentary whatsoever. It just is. This this no. the way it is. They yes. don't yeah, make they do any not get liberated. They are There's not nothing, really no redeeming. The, it is right. just the way this planet works. Deal with it. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and you get the sense that there is a power struggle going on yep. between whether the king is new or, or oh, president. Not, but, this is a democracy, yeah, Eric. Yeah, this is there's, there's, they want to over. You know, there's a group of um, dudes that decide they want to overthrow him. But right. there's so, there was so much stuff that was. Great in here. There, there was a lot of stuff with the sonic screwdriver. How they mentioned oh, the man. Okay. electronic locks and yep. So we, let's start. Let's do this want, one yeah. sort of maybe in order, so we can yeah. start oh. from uh, from the beginning. So we start with the TARDIS materializing someplace. The Doctor is quite certain that they're on a particular planet. Uh, whatever the planet's name is, actually not all that important, but some uh, interminer. I think is the name mm-hmm. of the planet. Um, so he's he's convinced Joe the whole time is like, yes, yeah, I'm not so sure. Um, because it looks like we're in the hull of a steamer ship, uh, which it actually turns out they are. Right, and she's correct. And they she's find totally chickens right. down there for some yeah. reason. There's, there's <laughs> weird-sounding chickens that don't sound like something else is going on. You're <laughs> torture chickens, right? It's like, they sounded delicious. That's a chicken. That's a fella down there having a little, <laughs> little extra uh, alone time with himself. I think. <laughs> so they they realize that uh, that. Well, perhaps they're not actually on another planet, but the Doctor won't give up the ghost. Yes. And they uh, they explore around the ship a bit, uh, the, this this ocean liner, and it, it becomes apparent that they are actually... Uh, the SS Bernice. They're on the SS Bernice. Now, I wonder if... I, I could have done some research myself. I'm not going to ever uh, actually do that, though. If this is an actual ship, the Doctor makes reference to, oh, this is the SS Bernice. This is interesting because in its day, this ship was almost as famous as the Titanic because it disappeared. But Joe had never heard of it. You would yeah, assume that she it. might have. And then, spoiler, wait, you've already watched the episode. Uh, they put everything to rights again. So the ship goes back to where it's supposed to be. So perhaps the ship actually never disappeared. So there's no reason anyone would have ever heard of the SS Bernice. So in a timey-wimey sort of way... It actually makes sense that we've never heard of it because it never disappeared. So why would we know? Yeah. It's just a ship going to India. So it turns out that the the Doctor and Joe are on a steamer ship that's bound uh, to India. It's bound to, to arrive the next morning. Um, and it's 1926, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the only characters we really meet on the ship besides some crew hands are there's a, a, an explorer sort of professor guy. Uh, his daughter, who is a flapper because it's the 20s and TV, so it must be a flapper, and um, some captain of the ship. Not captain, a uh, something less than captain on the ship uh, who the flapper is kind of in love with. Major Daly. Oh, Major. yes, and, and he ends up coming back onto Doctor Who. Oh, really? He is he, not as that character, though. He ends oh, up the being a companion back. of Tom Baker in the future, no and we will see, we will see him again. The actor comes yeah, back. The actor, and they, so, they've done that before. That happens. Yeah. you know, all you do. The place. You do see a lot of these guys recurring. I mean, like any sort of British show, it seems like everyone in England gets to be on TV at least once. Um, I believe Colin Baker was on Doctor Who as just some other guy before he became the Doctor. Huh. Yeah. Uh, in in the current series, um, Karen Gillan, who plays Amy Pond, was originally in uh, a Tenant episode um, where she played an oracle. Um, 
So I guess they do kind of, and and also uh, Martha Jones, uh, she she was in a, a season finale of of uh, a tenant episode. Uh, they reconciled that one by saying that she was uh, the cousin. The previous yeah, character it, was her cousin. So well, e, e, I was gonna say Evie Miles too. That was in Torchwood was also yes. like in an old Doctor Who episode. And they did, so said it, the it same happens. thing. It's, she yeah. said that she was like a, a distant relative. So, right. yep, it happens, which is which is pretty awesome. Okay, so um, so the, there is an interesting thing the, that that I had a question on, and maybe yeah. you could help me. What Probably. was the reason they were stuck in a Groundhog Day scenario where they were re- repeating? Right. Lines, where okay. Basically, in in the show, so they would run into the captain. Um, yep. You know, uh, and the the other guy who was talking the, about the, going, the, the know, other guests on the ship, sure. the other English yeah. people. Yeah. They would have the same conversation. They would hide. They would come back, and they would repeat the exact same conversation. So it was like Joe a, noticed know, that, that the clock had actually jumped back an hour or whatever yes. it is. Right. So so it was like a time what, loop. It's a little time reason. loop. Say so they don't actually explicitly say this, but this whole so it, it comes to light that they're inside this mini scope, which is basically able to take entire uh environments and its inhabitants like a little little um terrariums and yes. keep them inside in inside a, a field that keeps them compressed and smaller i'm right. assuming it's the same thing so this is their their little ant habitat ant habitat like the doctor kind of compares it to so okay. it, it is funny they never explicitly make reference to the fact that they're also like this compression field keeps them small and also has a time loop right. set on and a certain. It, it sort of loops, but they never that, explicitly say that. that yes. But that's that's what it is. Right. Right that, before that, he was old, right before he was old time time boxing. Old timey fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah. The doctor has some real that fighting was, Irish yep. sort of. Uh, yeah. Normally he's doing judo style. chops, but he does box no. like an old champion. Well, he great. was taught by uh, the creator of boxing, so yeah, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. One of my favorite moments too, like they're still in the. Um, a miniscope, and the doctor has to saw his way out at one point. I don't know if you remember this yep. problem. Yeah, but I watched this, the show. The, the saw thing just keeps binding on him, and he's got the like a face that we all have when we're trying to saw the things <laughs> binding. And I'm like, he's just like us. He's yeah. just the doctor's just like the us. doctor's regular face. people. He's regular people. He's just regular people. Where where he got that thing, I have no idea. He yeah. he just pulled out. It was like a. It wasn't a saw because it was it was flexible. It was like a garrote wire with with some cutting implement on it that he's kind of cutting <laughs> through the safety bar. But um, yeah, so they're so on the ship, and every every so often, every ten minutes or so, the crew forgets what happened previously. They kind of reset and they go through it again. Yes. I think Joe was not to be demeaning. She was adorable in this episode. She, I thought she I was, was gonna... so good. Every yes. time it's like here we go again, but well, without. She... She Without was at her like, best. She yeah. was great. She actually is the one too that solves the dilemma to get out. I mean, she's the one that comes up, comes up with the idea that he needs a rope yeah. to get down at this point. It's her idea to go sideways or whatever. I forget what the the term. Yeah, even is. though that wasn't exactly what the doctor meant, she thought of a way that actually applied yes. and it made sense. Yeah, it was so That's well right. written. Like her, this was one of her finest moments that we've seen. Because I'm not not always the biggest fan of her. As a companion, but I thought this episode she was great. I thought the She's doctor terrific. was great. I thought overall, like this is just such a well all the different characters, episode, very fun. So, so they're inside this. They're inside the ship. They realize that. Uh, well, so the TARDIS is inside the ship, and then then a giant hand comes in and grabs the TARDIS <laughs> yes. and plucks it out. Now, okay. here's the thing: Can we talk? Or, <laughs> I was going to say about the giant hand. Like, yeah. do you think he showed up at the set 
and was like, you want me to do what? Because, you know, he hadn't, like, cut his nails. Like, he could have cleaned his nails that day. I just felt <laughs> bad for the guy. Like, that Eric, awkward moment. The they're 70s. like, I gotta put my... And he's just, like, kind of hiding the dirt on his fingernails. That poor guy. Gritty he's realism. Watch that again and again. Yeah. It's gritty realism. They, they yeah, love that set. Real, it was real gritty. He should, I just wish that he had a chance to just freshen up a little bit. I could have gotten a manicure. <laughs> I would have I would have had a manicure. You could. I didn't know you were going to do it. Yeah. So, so what were you saying so, about so, the hand coming? That's in? it. So that, that's how the first first episode is. They 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 pull they pull it out. Well, my overall, I I kind of praised the episode in terms of uh, the production value, specifically though in the set design, etc. The green screen still has a lot of room for improvement. It's better here than it has been in previous episodes, but the hand coming in really didn't look great. Um, the actual miniature of the TARDIS. Also, not so awesome. Um, whatever. It's one. It's you yeah, go with it. That, it's fantastic. Yes, and one thing that I thought was cool was that you know the humans are referred to as Talarians, which is a term that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah, what was that um, about? I didn't look. But that that, up. that means an inhabitant of Earth, a terrestrial. That's you know a word that you can look up huh. in the dictionary. That's what <laughs> or that's what I did because I I didn't know if that was like were they confusing them with some other species? Or, that's what or I thought was happening. Yes, but that it. I looked it up, and it says other relating to Earth or inhabitant of Earth, which I thought was cool, oh. and shows that I need to read more. You <laughs> know just, what's interesting? I'm not it's very like, smart. That's the it's thing. like the British made up a whole language. It's true. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> they just kind of made up a whole. There's so many words. You got uh, your own words. Yeah. So after after that, uh, <laughs> the Doctor and Joe, <laughs> the Doctor and Joe uh, silver, get out of guys. the ship. They they find this silver disc on the floor. <laughs> oh, you know what was interesting was so they're they're getting marched off. Oh to... wait wait yes yes and also to, to talk about the silver disc only they can see the silver disc. Yeah, so silver disc is not available uh, to anyone else that's been captured. Right. So you're, not only are you repeating, you're also sort of oblivious. Your perceptions to been elements. right. That's right. I mean, he didn't quite. If it was a current Who episode, they would have said perception field because that comes up a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it would have been the same thing. So no one else could see it, but them also, upon seeing it without doing any sort of analysis, without touching it, nothing, the doctor knew this is not a metal of this time or this planet. Just <laughs> yeah, he's a metallurgist. He knows this super, stuff just by sight. He's, he's super some smart. people like to watch birds. He likes to look <laughs> at metal. Um so they see this thing on the floor, uh blah 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 blah, get da, 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 and they, they figure the way to get out of uh out of the ship. And instead of actually like escaping from the ship, they end up escaping into what they don't know yet is the mini scope. So they they end up in this. Right. This is where I thought the set was amazing. It was almost it yes. was like a cross between like a roller disco uh, meets community theater yes. meets yes. a laser right. tag. Yeah. There was a lot happening. It was it was pretty cool. Uh, was but like so they're the they're miniaturized. The only thing that was really strange about this so they're they're still inside the in the mini scope. They're in this compression field. They're crossing these circuits. So I'm assuming they're like almost microscopic. There, there must be really, yes, really tiny, tiny to do this. Yes. Except for the fact that later, when the doctor makes his way out of the machine and falls onto the floor, he's the size of a Ken doll. There's no way that they can all scale. Was not really. <laughs> yeah, okay, they didn't really on. pay a whole lot of attention to scale. Yes. But maybe immediately outside the field <laughs> is only working at uh, partial power. We could so totally he, retcon this whole thing and say, as and you get I closer like to he, the he edge he of sort the... Of, uh, it grows. Like, his, his 
he's just his so over the top delivery. Like when he's exhausted and coming out of that thing, like he is going full on with his. Oh, acting. it's like he was like, just I'm... burst. <laughs> he was just. Oh my god. Yeah. It... Anyway, so they have to make their way through the circuits of this miniscope. Um, throughout this, they find they like you had mentioned before, they find another panel uh, that looks similar to what they found in the ship. So that they're gonna like cut their way into this and see like maybe this will get them out. Instead, they end up in this marshland kind of quasi paleolithic sort of planet area, which is inhabited by uh, voracious eating uh, caterpillar dinosaur monsters. Yeah, the the dra- Drashics, right or Jurassics? Yeah, Drashics. Oh, I, yeah, sure. I, would I think that's that. what they're called. So these things just, catch they, their scent and are going to try to try to eat them. Yes, and they're sort yeah. of unstoppable. And once they get going, and it was just so clever. I, and the, the them being inside the machinery and everything. And I feel like we, man, we they just looked done something. awesome. Yeah. They looked when when the first they one did. is is revealed and it comes up out of the marsh, kind of in a slow mo shot. And and turns and kind of faces the camera and all the mud is flying off of it. It looked really really good. I was I was very I, I I think the bar is kind of low, so I'm being very generous. But I I thought that that looked fantastic. No, I, I one, one of the great. really cool monsters in this thing. Yeah. yeah, and then once he gets out, then we start to uh, reveal that plot of the uh, silver eyebrow boys. Yeah, um, where well, before we get there, to sabotage the defense systems. Before we get there, though, so they're they're in this marsh area. There's this this. Drac, whatever thing, monster, um, the, the and there's all the swamp gas. So the way that they distract them and kind of get away from them is is, is using the uh, sonic screwdriver to explode the marsh gas and, and combust it. This is the first I've seen Pertwee's sonic screwdriver, and it was very different than other screwdrivers I've seen in the past. Didn't or maybe this is the first time I've really seen him operate it because it was yeah, kind of I, this. I feel it had like this it's come up and going we've through it. it. We've talked about it. Didn't this. We? For some reason, this really struck me as as yeah. different than anything I've seen before because it kind of uh, the way that he operated with his thumb and it kind of like swirled and compre- right very different than your modern who uh, almost excessively ornamental sort of mechanical looking things. This one looked like uh, it could have looked inside your ear. It would look like a medical instrument almost with yeah. a candy cane swirl on it. It was just it was cool. I've never seen. I I don't recall seeing a, a sonic screwdriver that looks quite like that. Pretty awesome. Cool. Yeah. It's cool yeah. stuff. So yeah, so then we see, you know, the they're sabotaging the gun. So they have this uh weapon poised and yeah, ready. This is to back strike. outside outside yeah, the scope. So that's another thing I guess we should mention is you know, we are cutting between the the miniaturized world that's happening inside the miniscope and then outside the situation of the uh traveling circus who I guess they're just going from system to system with their wares and then trying to rip people off with shell games and whatnot and pretty much carnival barkers and 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 they say at one point that they're down to their last credit stick um they they hope to kind of make a whole lot of money either showing this mini scope um as like a, a little cabinet of wonders sort of thing or you know worst comes to worst he just does a three card monty and makes some money off of that so so we have this whole thing going with the uh the political intrigue, we have um, basically these three uh, functionaries who it's this uh, entirely centered around whether or not they're going to let these aliens come onto the planet with their uh, miniscope device. Um, they decide, though, at one point that uh, it's it's against the rules, so what the punishment must be that they, they have to destroy the miniscope. So they, they have this—what do they call it? What's the machine called? The, the Eradicator? 
I think was yeah, the name of the gun. Like, yeah. uh, it's something generic like blow up machine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for some reason, that, that technology, their technology is not strong enough to actually destroy the miniscope. It at most jostles its contents and causes it to <laughs> malfunction. So they're worried that the uh, that the oh and we we did we forgot to mention not that yeah. it's it's too important but even before the doctor gets out they find the TARDIS sort of as a uh, device oh, well, inside that, of there that, that, well that, that was they the hand taken that, out and it's it's grown at this point that's right that was the hand that came in to pull it out it was right. a piece of bric-a-brac inside the machine yes, because they're worried it's out this a weapon carnival. of some kind or or whatnot right they they the the, the inhabitants of the planet were worried maybe these are invaders that have some antenna that's feeding back information or whatever but uh yeah they pull out the 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 tardis and and once it's outside the field it grows to its normal size um uh it does turn out that the carnival barker and his assistant don't know how to operate this machine at all this miniscope (laughs) he's just kind of pushing buttons and he's sort of won it in some kind of card game or something like he doesn't even have the instruction he doesn't have the instruction manual which is nothing he doesn't know anything about it he's just kind of like i guess i'll try to make some money like he was a really (laughs) cool character other than his costume which is made up entirely of circles for no reason dayglow circles yeah. Um, he also looked like the guy that at any point was like, you could get a million dollars from the government. Like he was going to just tell you <laughs> that you had to send away for, for, for something and you were going to end up going to see, you know, you're going you're to exactly open up a coffee shop and the government's going to pay for you. It's like easy up on the cocaine fella. But yeah, he, he, was, he was that dude. Yeah, yeah. With, with a fabulous mustache. Um, yes. So the two of them, between the two of them, honestly, the assistant was probably the stronger of the two characters. She was, she was fantastic. Yeah, she was great. Sure enough, played by Cheryl Hall. Uh, really, really, really good. Yeah, and, um, and they're also operating a machine that the Time Lords have already banned. Like, yeah, it's just... so this is really interesting that this thing, the, the Doctor kind of makes this, this point that uh, he, was, he was instrumental in getting this, this miniscope technology banned. Uh, and it was the idea that, you know, it's bad enough to have, like, an ant colony where these these aren't sentient beings. It's questionable enough to do that, but, like, these are beings that understand, that, that are sentient, that have lives and, and uh, civilization, so yes. it's it's morable, morally reprehensible to actually have them. And I like oh, that and when it the doctor the... references zoos, though, to uh, <laughs> Joe, like, you've never been to a zoo, right. and it makes us think about the fact that zoos are awful and we should shut them down. Yeah, I that I I actually have real trouble going to zoos. They really, yeah, I mean, horrible. unless you're, unless you're actually, unless they're doing a lot of real conservation effort to like, this is the last of its kind. If we didn't do this, it'd be dead. Like, right? Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, Otherwise it's, it's just sad it's animals just walking in circles, and you know, just uh, yeah. there's an eagle that can't fly. This is right. great. Buy this me is a, so much fun. Buy me a stuffed animal. This poor. It's it's awful. But that's a whole yeah. other. We could have a separate podcast then. Well, you guys that. need to and we will that one. We will. We will. We'll have it. Yeah. Um, right after the. Anyway, so, uh, uh, right. So the doctor had that whole thing banned. So this one is apparently like this rogue, uh, last of his kind. Right. And, and, and and I guess my point was even the fact that the guy is an awful human being who is trapping people and selling them and ripping people off. He's so likable and, and super likable. Him and her, like the, the bickering back and forth and the fact that she's constantly like, you're a complete dope. Like. All of the characterization and the uh, dialogue and everything was so, so strong in this episode. Absolutely. Good stuff. It, we haven't really talked about like the, the interaction between the three um, inhabitants, the, the, the customs officials, for lack of a better, um, the way that they were talking to each other. One must blah, blah, blah. 
it was it was interesting. It was just it was a very strong choice in the writing style and the way they performed. But the performances were were so good. There was like a little tension between the three of them, and one's going to try to get uh, try to release. He wants to actually let these big monsters out of the miniscope in order to cause chaos and mayhem, which would then somehow reflect poorly on the president, so that he would resign from office. And then yes. he could become president. It was a very, very convoluted, far-fetched plan. It was, but it was also perfect but because they're so steeped in in, uh, in properness the, and the, in the bureaucracy and yep. the rules and everything else that it was like the way that he was going to topple the thing was by shame. And like, like yes. it was yeah, going to yeah. be like, it yeah. wasn't a violent, I mean, I guess it was going to turn out to be a violent revolution, but it really wasn't. Well, it was, it was violent for them. To, I think they yeah, got he was He was going to so. slaughter, yeah, but he was also going to slaughter all the people and, and let it pretty much destroy the city yeah. in order so that they could uh, take over. Depose but just, the president. Yeah, yeah, just the whole like eyebrows and like, ooh, and this oh, is. Oh, eyebrows and bald caps. Yes. And, 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 like, and blue paint. Or gray, mm-hmm. blue paint, gray paint, except for just around this, the eyes and the lips. Um, yeah, they were they were really uh, interesting characters. I liked it liked was great. All that, so we got a lot. The only thing that yeah, no, every, everything was great. Um, what else do we have going on in this episode? I mean, so this I, is it's a pretty self contained sort of thing. It's it's uh you know by the end of it, the doctor has uh has rigged it so that he has to go back in to save Joe. Um, he goes back, so he actually escapes from from the miniscope. You guys have seen the episode. I don't know why I'm, yeah. I'm going through all. Yeah, the we video. don't need to do everything. I mean, I think we right, just pr- we but much- he sends them all back. One of the things that was cool was in the beginning when he's flashing through, cycling through all the different circuits they have, all the different um, uh, civilizations he has on board. One of them is the Cybermen, which was oh, kind of yes, cool. For, yes, so for a second cool. on the screen, he actually saw a Cyberman. It's like, oh, this is going to be a Cyberman episode. It's not a Cyberman episode. Yes, <clears throat> which is totally fine by me. Um, that was very cool. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's that's the long and short of it. I mean, overall, really strong writing. The acting from all everyone, including uh, almost especially the the secondary players, were really great, um, top to bottom. Everyone was was really strong. Uh, the production design was great. I think it was a super good episode. One one of the better ones I think that we've seen uh, in our short yeah. tenure re- reviewing episodes. Yeah, I loved it, and I had not seen this one. Uh, prior and i'd always heard good things about it i i would highly recommend it to anyone i gotta say though in the very beginning as it started up and it was it was cutting between the customs officials and yeah. being on the ss bernice i was like oh boy this is gonna be a rough are one. you re- seriously at like, first the, at first i was like yeah. i don't think this is gonna be so good but within 15 minutes of the first yeah. episode i'm like okay this is great and then the rest of the rest of the thing just flew yeah um, i just thought it was yeah, so no, crazy first, was when bad. you see like that function functionary or whatever they're they're called like yeah. just like freak out that he's tired of like moving boxes and he jumps yeah. up and he's gonna kill yeah, himself. They, t- they were. Uh, I thought they were working for Santa. They were unloading I, Christmas presents. Yeah. I, don't I don't even they quite understand like what is going on in that whole they, civilization. But I love the fact too that that they are also sort of uh, isolated from these other systems and they have envy about like the other um, star systems and whether or not they can use their technology and, and, and yeah. it's just a very cool sort of political. Uh, structure that was or commentary that was going on um, yeah. about them. Also, stuff. it does it, it does also point to the fact that the Doctor does not know how to fly the TARDIS, um, as Joe points out. He was pretty sure they knew, he knew where they were going. Um, you know, just did not end up in the place where he thought he was going to be. It's the same and thing what that we was see the, later. What was the, the cause of that? Did they cover why they he said. ended up where he no, did? 
I don't think they ever say. You know, for me, it's always, and this happens throughout the entire show. It's always the doctor thinks he's going to go to this one place, but he actually ends up in another. Especially, you know, I'm used to the the current series. That's just what happens all the time. And it's you. You just have to go with it. That the TARDIS doesn't always take him where he wants to go. It takes him where he needs to go. Right. And they had a nice see in the yeah. And they had a nice yeah. bit of chemistry. About that topic, about do you ever admit you're wrong? Right, um, yeah, like, that was like, cute. No, yeah, it was, yeah, it was I, good. And, and you know, he's he's so he's so you know he ne- he's so staunch about it. He knows he knows what he's he's talking about. But he then he gives like a little knowing laugh and like yeah, I know I'm kind of ridiculous sometimes. Like he's yeah. great. Pertwee is he's a gem. It's good stuff. And I did tell you and to take a little bit out of Doctor Who. Um, what I, I ended up watching on Amazon Prime, there was like a bunch of old horror movies, and I came across John Pertwee, which I thought was was really interesting. In this, um, it was like the house that bled. No, the house oh, that boy. dripped blood. It's like a 1971 movie that he made while he was shooting Doctor Who. Um, was, what year was it, the, What year was this show? What was this uh, story? 70, 70, I think, is when he started this. This yeah, particular episode this was, was the beginning of seventy three. This was okay. This was earlier, so it was still during Doctor Who that he shot it, and it's a an um, anthology type horror movie. Um, but it's great, and if you have Amazon Prime, it's worth watching it. He's in, is I it think, the last story. Great, or is it? Is it? Oh, it's great. great. No, it's great. I mean, it's well. I mean, it depends. I think it's great. I I would recommend <laughs> it. Some of the stories are really cool. Um, okay, do it. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. It's good stuff. But anyway, to go back, I mean, I think we covered this. We both loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It was good stuff. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add on it, or should we? No, no. This t- thing to total, here? total. Two thumbs up. Um, highly recommend. All is that how we thumbs. End, is that how we end our episodes? Two thumbs yeah, up. Highly a, recommend. Is that? Yes, that's is their that new slogan. Great. The next one is all I have seen before, uh, which I also like. So spoilers on my opinion of the next one. But the next <laughs> one we're doing is called the Green Death. Green Death. That will be available for you folks both on the Netflix and on the Hulu. Formerly Hulu Plus, now just Hulu. Give us all your money. Um, so yeah, so we hope we hope you join us. Um, I, I'm not a, sure when. Yeah, I'm not sure when this episode will go up. I mean, our episode was supposed to come out today. If I can edit you'll it, you'll hear tomorrow. the next one within three weeks or so of this one. Yeah. So the next one, according to our schedule, should be up on the 15th of July. So if you're listening to this before the 15th of July, try to watch The Green Death. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk about it. In the meantime, Great. you can go to the old Doctor Who Show dot com, and you can subscribe to this on Twitter, not on Twitter, on Stitcher. Yep, on subscribe iTunes, on Stitch- iTunes, you <laughs> on can uh, Fletcher, <laughs> on I I Fletcher Fletch? Fletcher Stevens. Fletch. Yep. Yeah, you can watch Fletch, which is a great <laughs> movie. Fletch can... two doesn't hold up as well, but Fletch is pretty good. Yeah, uh, you no. can check out our schedule there too on theolddoctorwhoshow.com. dot com. Um, you can also email us if you have any uh, comments or questions. We'd love to hear from you. Um, that's theolddoctorwhoshow.com at gmail dot com. Uh, you can follow me on at danjnj on the Twitter, and I'm at e grissom on Twitter. So you just tell us hi. It's always nice to hear from people. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, um, again, I miss my dog, so I have to bring that back to full circle. Cause I we am so <laughs> sorry to hear that. Um, mentioned in the beginning. Cause I, like, I always like to start <laughs> on a down like... note, and then if it ever gets high, I like to crush it into Just the ground it. at the end. Yep. And all your dreams are dead. If you have a pet, hug hug your pet. <laughs> and get on Otherwise... to watching uh, The Green Death. Otherwise, uh, life is futile, and uh, hug your right. pet. Right. We're, We're all going to die. We're all going to die. Everything's meaningless. 
you know? Yeah, da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, people. Thank you. We will see you again uh, in three weeks, hopefully. Do it. Unless we all die. Life is a jam. We're just great. Well, instead of approaching the problem from head on, you approach it sort of sideways. Sideways? Yes, take our own particular example for a moment. I mean, this is our problem. We can't go forward because this shaft is too steep. We can't go back the way we came because of our hungry little friends here. Oh, I see. So we've got to go sideways. Just a sideways from this world today. Just a sideways round this place today. Just a sideways.